who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today, from divorce to call-out culture to masculinity to girls' confidence. Season two of Thread the Needle finds the meeting place between feminist ideals and the realities of women's lives. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts. Shadows at the Door is an audio drama podcast designed to scare and delight you. While rarely explicit, it is nonetheless produced with an adult audience in mind. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9. I'm Mark Nixon. Now, before it was a podcast, Shadows of the Door was, and, well, still is, an independent publishing house. Thus, Shadows at the Door, the podcast. Some years ago now, I published Shadows at the Door, an anthology. Thirteen new ghost stories written by authors from across the globe, and set locally to each one. These locations range from places such as New York City, Montreal, Australia, and of course, County Durham. Among these authors were names that you will no doubt recognise, such as Christopher Long, who wrote the season one episode Winter Wings, and Pete Alex Harris, who wrote Quicksilver Spirit from the same season. Now the book is available in a beautifully presented hardback, which you can find a link to in the show notes, but the main reason why I mention the anthology is actually to do with today's story. Today, we have a story by M. Regan, whose contribution to the same anthology blew me away when I first read it. In fact, every time I read a story from this author, I'm always left discombobulated in the most delightful manner. Indeed, today, we bring you a story for which there is no better word 
than strange. So finish your tea and listen closely. Take your first few steps to the museum. There's someone waiting for you at the desk. I can take whoever's next in line. Ah, a donor. It is my absolute privilege to welcome you to MoMA today. I'm certain I speak for everyone on staff when I say that we are delighted to have you and beyond grateful that you've chosen to patron the Nothi Sultan exhibit. I'm sure you'll love it. You know what they say, you can't spell heart without art. <laughs> now then, before you can begin the tour, you're going to need one of these. Yes, I know, it's, it's a bit retro, isn't it? But, well, we are a museum. We have a fondness for old things here. I promise it's really not as complicated or cumbersome as it looks. I'll show you how it works. This button here is play. If it helps, you can go ahead and press that. And that one is stop, obviously. Uh, this one here is rewind. No fast forward, of course. No one wants that. As for the numbers, I think those are pretty self-explanatory. And uh, that's that on the mechanisms of the audio guide. It's really quite simple to use once you get the hang of it. I don't suppose you have any questions? Well, in that case, I'll thank you once more for your incredible contribution and direct you down this corridor. You can press play when you're around the far left corner. Anissa will take it from there. Enjoy the exhibit. My name is Anissa McDaniel, and I'm the Director of Collections here at the Museum of Modern Art. On behalf of myself, the museum staff, and the City of New York, I would like to personally thank you for your generous patronage on this, the dawn of our 200th anniversary. Much has changed since MoMA's inauguration in 1929. Our landscape, our population, our world is now painted upon a canvas that is vastly different from that which our forefathers would have used on that brisk November day so many decades ago. What would we look like to them, do you think? What would we look like to our children's children? Since the epic of cave paintings, art has served as an ever-evolving mirror, warping to reflect the transformations, both metaphorical and literal, that mark the growth of a particular person, country, or era. A body of work can teach us as much about another's beliefs, political views, or cultural standards of beauty, as it can shape the way that we understand our own fears and loves and losses and tragedies. More than any other medium, art transcends borders, of geography, creed, race, even temporal structures. In the immortal words of Longfellow, art is long and time is fleeting. Now more than ever, this museum strives to accurately encapsulate the modern human experience so that we will someday be fully known to our descendants. In this private interactive exhibit, Gnothi Seaton, MoMA has curated a collection that serves not only to define humanity, but to reflect upon its meaning in both the past and future tenses. As one of this museum's premier donors, your audio tour will be led by the incomparable Joshua Benayoun, 
creator of the Stadelic Museum's critically acclaimed installation, The Body and Art, Redux, and recent winner of the esteemed Academy de Beaux-Arts Pierre Cardin Award. Gnothi Seyaton begins on level 3 in the Special Exhibitions Wing. Should you experience any technical difficulties, please don't hesitate to ask the staff for assistance. Once again, from all of us here at MoMA, thank you for choosing to support the arts. We couldn't do this without you. One, selections from the cave paintings of Lascaux, originally discovered in 1940. And previously discovered in the Field Museum, these Paleolithic paintings depict life as it was on the proverbial cusp when our ancestors' naked, hominoid feet straddled the line between savagery and discipline, culture and chaos. Art historians suggest that it was towards the end of this period that our forefathers first began to express themselves on rock walls, leaving the impressionistic scenes of long-extinct equines and aurochs that you now see before you. Uh, to this day, no consensus has been reached as to the meaning behind these images. Uh, some argue that they are remnants of ritual, others that they illustrate long-forgotten stories. What can be agreed upon are the scientific details, that these yellows, reds and blacks were created from a complex assortment of iron and manganese compounds, minerals which someone had to have harvested from the earth, that magical place from whence all things come and all life goes. We are art in that sense. Humans are masterpieces mid-progress. Therefore, it is interesting to note that in spite of being so perfectly incomplete, or perhaps because of it, one out of the 2,000 pictographs catalogued in Grotta de Lascaux, only one is of a man. Is he a man? Look, then squint. Squint, then blink. Blink, then look again. Wonder. This figure, this creature who for untold millennia hid in the pitch dark of the great fissure, does he provide us with answers about our collective past? Or does he ask more questions? What do we know about him? He is elongated, splayed, his arms spread wide and his features unmistakably avian. He is dead or dying, or in the midst of an apotheosic metamorphosis. He is one of a mere eight images found in the cavern's now famed shaft, and three of those are but geometric signs, microbial and meaningless. After coming to personal conclusions about an antediluvian stick figure, I would invite you to visit the adjacent chalk wall, where previous patrons have, in homage, scrawled their own interpretive likenesses. Take a few moments to add your face, in your hand, in whatever colours are most representative of you, whilst enjoying the following selection of Richard Strauss's Metamorphoson. Erase others' pictures as necessary. Remember, all is transient.
Are you still drawing? I hope that you are. I hope that you have noticed the opaque odour of your chalk, that you are appreciating the soft, gritty feel of processed limestone mixing with your sweat, that you are considering your life and reliving the intricate series of serendipitous misfortunes that brought you here to this moment. I hope that you are not thinking about those other pictures you might have erased. You only did what was necessary. Take a few more moments. Remember, all is transience, but brevity is relative. When you have finished with your portrait, I invite you to step back. Look, squint, blink, look again at what you have done. Wonder, do you recognize yourself on the wall? Do you understand yourself in the context of those who came before you? Do you comprehend your contribution when taken out of that context? How do you compare? Do you compare? Should you compare? Look, squint, blink, look again. Wonder. Who is that? Look, squint, blink, Look again. Wonder. Who are you? Two, a mixed blessing, multiple artists, assembled by Leon Papadopoulos in 2030. Since time immemorial, theologians, politicians, religious leaders, and numerous fantasy novelists have sustained careers on claims that a battle is being ever waged between Ouroboros forces of good and evil. In this stylized hospital room, you will find a manipulatable database of this battle's most eminent warriors. We are born and die in blood. Being cautious of the step, place yourself behind the central console. Don't be shy about it. Once the floor sensors register your presence, the installation will turn on automatically. The process should take no more than three seconds. Now that the database has finished loading, feel free to peruse the archives at your leisure. This catalogue features over 8,000 years worth of antagonists and champions. For three more seconds, let us consider the effort required to satisfactorily compile so much information and bask in genuine awe. Leon Papadopoulos, himself part theologian, part novelist, spent over half his career locating, excavating, recreating, dimensioning, and digitizing depictions of history's most illustrious characters. Arguably, this catalogue could be considered a masterpiece in itself, but to force such a perspective would be a disservice to both its artist and its audience. Continue to scroll through the database, appreciate the multiple lenses, both physical and figurative, that Papadopoulos needed to use in order to present each image in such stunning definition. Admire, just to begin, the foundational pieces displayed in the footnotes. 
Qin Shi Huang's beautiful silk portraits, uh, colorized photographs of Chiune Sugihara, rare video of Humera Ahmad. Take another three seconds to acknowledge how completely impossible it is to wrap your brain around the reality that once, many, many years ago, these facts and famous portraits were real, breathing people. People who experienced itchy ankles and private embarrassments and unrequited affections, who had blemishes and favorite jokes and cried when they felt alone. When you are ready, touch an avatar that interests you. The applicable hologram will appear on Deus One, the black platform to your left. After it is rendered fully, go ahead and touch its arm or its foot, cup its cheek. Tell yourself that you can feel each pore on its face, every strand of peach fuzz on its chin. Tell yourself this because it is true. Choose a second avatar from the database. This one will project itself onto Deus 3, the white platform on your right. Once its extremities have congealed, caress its elbow, prod its belly. Tell yourself that the bones in its mouth are real rather than brittle and broken and lost forever to time. Tell yourself this because it is not true. Do you tell yourself many things that are not true? Many, many things. In the final years of his life, Papadopoulos opened up considerably about his childhood, a famously tumultuous era of human history, and how the monotheistic culture of the day inspired his later work. As he noted in his 2068 bestseller, Genocide Genesis, any holy tome composed in black ink on white paper inflicts on its reader psychological harm. After all, pragmatically, purest dark and purest light do precisely the same thing. They blind. In Papadopoulos's experience, the extremes touted by the most prevalent religions of the early 21st century bred into their followers a black-and-white mentality that, at best, he found unrealistic and at worst provided a foundation for the majority of the world's intolerances. Intolerance did not prove a foundation upon which a healthy society could be built. During the course of this narration, where have your eyes been? Have you been looking at the deuses? Have you been concerned? Maybe alarmed? Maybe to see the hologram's scalps lift cleanly off projected skulls? To watch arms detach soundlessly from socket ball joints? You can break their limbs into smaller pieces if you wish. You could break these renderings down to their basest molecules. Did you think, if you did, you could find the root of evil? The chromosomes that hide divinity? From Deus 1 and 3, select what pieces or parts you prefer, then assemble them on Deus 2, centered and grey. Use the console to change your selected avatars whenever you desire. Take a nose from one projection, then a rib from the second. Help yourself to the calves of Tsar Ivan IV, the kneecap of Guru Arjan, the middle left toe of Elvinia Milford Espinosa, the right index knuckle of Countess Elizabeth Bathory de Exed. Whoever, whenever, whatever.
As you create this body, contemplate the equally unbalanced, erratic, and imperfect creation that is your own. Consider the men and women who lived and died and lived and died and lived and died and lived and died so that you, too, could live and die. You are the genetic equivalent of the telephone game. Listen. What convoluted message spirals through your DNA? Three, wait, 2101, Zara Aziz Sawyer. In the year 1907, a physician from Haverhill, Massachusetts, named Duncan McDougall, published a study entitled The 21-Gram Experiment. In his work, McDougall postulated that the weight of the average human soul is approximately 21 grams, a conclusion drawn by measuring the body mass of a small number of tuberculosis patients just before and just after their last breaths. Deemed flawed and unscientific even during the age in which it was printed, the experiment's results were ultimately and unsurprisingly rejected by the scientific community at large. However, the idea of a 21-gram soul gained a cult of fanciful proponents throughout the course of subsequent centuries, and has since featured in many popular movies, books, podcasts, and simsertions. More relevantly, it has served as half the inspiration behind Egyptian contemporary artist Zara Aziz Sawyer's masterpiece, Wait. In an interview conducted for the purposes of this audio guide, Aziz Sawyer stated that her goal with Wait, as with so many of her other pieces, was to amalgamate the modern and the bygone, the then and the now, the audience and the art. We are all a sum of our parts. Parts that are bloated, falling into rot, that are cursed by their own actions, or more likely, by their own inactions. And if our parts are damned, what else can our sums be? There is no such thing as salvation. Holding carefully to the rail, proceed to climb into the empty half of Waits' metalwork scale balance. During the 21 seconds it takes for judgment to be wrought, Marvel at the impossible, ethereal beauty of the heavens painted above you. Wonder at how inviting they seem, how soft and peaceful. Then... Feel the air rush past you out of your lungs as your basket drops unceremoniously to the hellfire floor. Notice your breath as it leaves you with the juddering, discomforting finality it would a tuberculosis patient. Was that your soul? Take a breath, if you can. Keep trying until you succeed. Remember other breaths that you have taken, air that you have used, air that you have wasted, have spent on condemning others or dismissing a stranger's suffering, on telling them that you have no money, no food, no water to offer. How much did each of those breaths weigh, do you think? 
If they weighed nothing, what does that say about you? Four. Annihilation in A minor, 2126. Rayan Balog. Selected musical sample recorded in June 2128. Before his incarceration and subsequent execution, Rayan Balog gained notoriety in his home country for staging an impassioned crusade against what he understood to be systemic corruption in the ruling regime. Like many other artists, Baloch sought to further his cause and his message through his work. Unlike many other artists, Baloch enjoyed a degree of success before his governmentally sanctioned demise. Anyone with a taste for contemporary art is surely familiar with Baloch's most renowned piece, House, which stood in the Ipamuvesti Museum for two months or more precisely stood in the Impamuvesti Museum until thrown stones reduced the famed installation's walls to a powder so impossibly fine that health risks became a major concern. Indeed, in House's final days, there were no less than four confirmed cases of visitors requiring medical assistance for ground glass in the lungs. And let us now, together, think about the lungs. While humans are not alone in having them, our species is certainly unique in our willingness to endanger them. What colour is the air outside today? What colour was it when Annihilation in A minor was first created? What colour will it be when Annihilation in A minor returns to nothingness? Take a breath. Feel that oxygen sit, heavy and putrid, on the back of your tongue. Swallow, if necessary. Force that breath into your lungs, then stand still and know that annihilation in A minor has permeated your bloodstream. Take another breath, slow, slimy, thick. But this time, focus not on the air's assault to your senses, but rather the delicate melancholia of the melody, the fragility of sallow keys gutted of marrow, the strained and snapping sinew attached to the organ. It's soulful, isn't it? A song with weight, grams of it. It might haunt you, this song. Will it haunt you? Take one last breath. Realize, as so many patrons before you have realized, that Annihilation in A minor is now an inextricable part of you, much as House became an inextricable part of four of its admirers. The air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat, the DNA in our genetic sequences, these are inextricable parts of you, much as they were inextricable parts of the people who used them before you. We are inextricable parts of one another. We are all a sum of our parts. 
Five, self-immigilation, 2129, multiple artists, assembled by Anissa McDaniel. The Delphic maxim, Knothi Siuton, uh, translated into English as Know Thyself, was allegedly expounded upon by the philosopher Socrates at the time of his trial. When given the opportunity to pick between execution and exile, Socrates decreed, The unexamined life is not worth living before making the noble choice to die, rather than face a less honourable and more horrible alternative. Once again, on behalf of Anissa McDaniel, the museum staff, and all those who create and consume the arts, we offer our most heartfelt thanks for the generous donation that you are about to make to MoMA. When given the opportunity to pick, you made the noble choice. With your left foot, take your first step into the darkness. Follow through with your right. Do this again. Then again. In time there will be noises. I will dampen them for you. There will also be smells. I can do less to assist with those. Don't forget, this is preferable to the alternative. Pray if it helps, cry if you'd rather, argue that the greatest talents have been frequently misapplied and have produced evil proportionate to the extent of their powers. Recite to yourself that silly Goethean poem from your school days. Niemand wird sich selber kennen, sich von seinem Selbstich trennen, doch probier er jeden Tag, was nach außen endlich klar, was er ist und was er war was er kann und was er mag. No one can really know himself, detach himself from his inner being, yet each day he must put to the test what is in the end clear, what he is and what he was, what he can be and what he might be. However you decide to spend these last few moments, please remember to dispose of your trash to return any borrowed transcripts or language guides to their designated baskets, and to deposit all relevant personal identification into the proper recycling receptacle. We dedicate this final installation to the memory of Thomas Robert Malthus. Thank you. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Check out new episodes Mondays and Fridays for a wide variety of topics and news episodes. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Rage on. You hear that shit? That was fucking crazy. Anyway, I'm Mark Nixon. Right. (laughs) Sorry, David and everyone. That was a little in-joke. I have been asked to start a discussion that way for years by our guest who's with us today. David looks thoroughly unimpressed. Uh, I'm uh, I'm just waiting to be introduced as the entire cast, that's all. You're not the entire cast, David. Oh, all right. <laughs> so okay. season one, I know. Okay. <clears throat> yes, professionalism hat goes Yes, on. professionalism. Yes, please. Uh, I'm Mark Nixon, <laughs> and I didn't write this story. That story was written by M. Regan, who joins me in the studio. Hello, M. Regan. Hello, it's so lovely to be here. Lovely to have you. Well, I'm also joined by 75% of the cast, David Alt. Hello, David. Hello, David. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Greet the only person who's worth greeting oh, yourself. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. I, I'm, it's, uh, yeah. Time of recording, blah, blah, blah. Hello, Mark. Hello, M. Regan. Uh, it's lovely to be here. And that story was... Guys, how are we pronouncing this one? <laughs> I only write the words. I shouldn't be expected to know how to pronounce them. I pronounced them ages ago, so I can't remember how to pronounce them. I think it, it I Gnothi? Oh, it's Gnothi? Gnothi Pie. Gnothi Centauron, I believe. So, I will be honest, um, Microsoft Word has this amazing little feature where it can read aloud to you. Um, if you have the I think the like the downloaded version of it, and I allow it to read the hard words to me. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, including the names of many artists and uh, international museums. And you know, when we when I sent out the script for Warning to the Curious, I sent uh, Jake, Alana, and David the, the uh, agreed pronunciation of Eager. Because mm-hmm. I'm a goddamn mm-hmm. professional. Anyway, a thought has only just occurred. Um, oh, wait, I, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Becca, are you saying I'm not a professional? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a thought has occurred. M, you are our first living American. You did say fairly early on in season two that you hope to pander to the Americans, as many of your listeners come from there, and I feel like I'm a concession to that. Yeah. And I've arrived <laughs> as summoned to say things like eggplant instead of aubergine, and sweater instead of jumper. <laughs> I love the fact that we have a token yank. <laughs> Is that who I am now? <laughs> I'm your token representation. Yeah, you can go now. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, well... <laughs> Yep. It was lovely talking to you. Goodbye. Diversity quota tick. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. And I, I, until now, it's just been Yank Erasure. I don't like the word Yank Erasure. It sounds uh, filthy. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I, I remember. Please, please stop yanking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. We are on video feed. Uh, what was I saying about being a professional? Um, <laughs> You said you were professional, and we agreed I probably wasn't. So, you know, I would like I would like to say that we're a little bit highbrow um, when it comes to horror, but we the the brows have been raised so far that we look to be in a state of shock now because of how highbrow this story was. <laughs> um, Just shave the brows clean off, <laughs> or perhaps John Barrowman when he tries to look upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a Doctor Who reference already. But hey. Oh, there we go, that. Cloister Bell, the rings. I really wanted my, the the reference to be the shirt I I chose specifically for this podcast today. You mean you chose a shirt specifically for this podcast? I dressed up for you, David. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I'm wearing. Let's see it. It, it says yes. Uh, so you can <laughs> this visual joke that no one will Bad be able to see. Bad Wolf Bay. It says visit Bad Wolf Bay. My favorite part is the bottom. The perfect place to tell a girl that you. I love uh, it I met someone who saw the shirt and was like oh wow that looks lovely did you go there no (laughs) I just cry about it when I think about that I do go to beaches and cry a lot though Oh, yeah. Okay, this is, I think this this discussion is just going to be a load of alienating references for everyone, isn't it? So, but why break the habit <laughs> of a lifetime, Mark? Why not? I mean, as long as we're having fun, is that not the most important thing? I um last night I was writing the finale of Trouton Story, and um, <gasps> and I just decided to listen to leave a light on for me while I was doing the dishes, just to get back into Trouton's head, and I heard the discussion. We are being so good in that mm-hmm. discussion in season one, episode one. Mm-hmm. We're being very, you know, we're on topic. It takes about 20 minutes for us to go off topic. <laughs> we're so proud of us, man. And then, you know, we go to Sleepy Hollow where you're singing the Round the Twist theme mm-hmm. tune. What mm-hmm. happened to us? <laughs> Something about Peppa Pig too in there. I, I just have to throw out. I feel like that's the... Yeah. <clears throat> I, I do want to say I was uh, I have a friend who I'm trying to get into podcasts 
um, and I was helping her. And that was the episode that we listened to together. Uh, because I was like, oh, shot us at the door. Usually it's, what is it you say at the beginning of each episode? While not explicitly explicit or whatever. <laughs> While rarely um, yeah. explicit. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, 40 minutes in, Peppa Pig incest theory. And I had to sit there and look my friend in the eye and go, I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> Well, we, we also have uh, a listener, a wonderful, wonderful listener. And I think it's it, at time of recording. We have one listener. At time of recording, yesterday, uh, both Mark and I met uh, said listener, uh, the wonderful, wonderful Phil from Yes Donuts in Manchester. And he, he stopped by uh, my uh, occasional place of work and dropped off a whole load of of the most delicious donuts. And I know from your Instagram, Mark, that uh, he dropped off some donuts with you as well. My children polished them off today. so I can imagine, <laughs> yes. Uh, but Phil was so happy to hear the Round the Twist theme tune. That kind of niche um, material, kids' TV themes from the late 80s, early 90s, that is what our listenership wants, Mark. Uh, David, do you know how much of our listenership is Swedish and probably don't know what the hell we're talking about? I'm so sorry, Sweden. We love you. <laughs> Please keep listening. We do love you, Sweden. Yeah, it's yeah. true. But but still, the, the listenership that brings us donuts. But uh, wants... going, going back to <laughs> Melissa's point, in the penultimate episode, I've written a scene that is filth, and it is extremely explicit. And I'm like, mm. I, I'm going to have to change the disclaimer again. Like, I d- <laughs> Welcome to Shadows at the Door. There's a lot of fucking... Shadows yep. at the Door. Welcome. We're so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Shadows at the Door. I think that's what you should go with. Filth. <laughs> I think we should talk about the story we just heard. <laughs> oh. Yes. So with all that aside, M. Regan, what, what, what is this story all about? Um. Oh, starting with the hard questions. Oh Thanks yeah. For that. No problem. No problem. I, I, uh, I felt that I'd give you enough time to to get prepared. Lull me into a false sense of security, and oh, then really yes. just. Mm. All right. There with a baseball bat. You were saying how you you haven't read this for a couple of months. I also hadn't <laughs> gone back to this story in a couple of months. Like, I, you know, you're busy writing new things. So I did actually, I, I took some time last night to reread it for the first time in a while. And um, it smacks a little close to things going on now. Like it, it <laughs> which I almost want to apologize for that, to be honest, because it, it, it feels a bit much given everything that humanity is suffering um in the present plague times um as as we come to another apocalypse uh <laughs> so i i almost want to defend myself and say i did write this initially uh before everything went to hell in a handbasket <laughs> at uh towards the end of i want to say last year um how naive we all were back then i i know <laughs> And and yeah, I, I well, happier times. I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. Being able to see family and go outside and oh, breathe the air. 2019. <laughs> How we miss you. Back in the day. Oh. <laughs> uh, My biggest concern was Brexit. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the mummy juice. I think. Didn't you guys talk about the mummy? Oh yeah, mummy yeah, yeah. Fluid. Oh yeah. god, yeah. 
Um, we shouldn't have drank that. <laughs> if only someone had warned us. Um, I think they tried. No, we just got a we just got a phone. I goes, hey, "Welcome to our unboxing. We're opening up this old Vera." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually I love that. That should be something that is done. Mm. Mm, smells like mm-hmm. fire, dumpster mm-hmm. fire. Um, so, to honestly answer your question, um, it, it it doesn't come from a place of such pretentiousness as it does appear i think um, i had in november um the king tut exhibit had come to my town and i'd had a chance to go see that um which involved using one of those audio tour guides um the pre-recorded ones and it did remind me of my absolute utter hatred of um pre-recorded that sounds terrible in in a podcast setting. I do love. Don't podcasts, worry, this but, is going um, out live. Pretty sure there's an actual adults. museum somewhere with David's <laughs> voice. Great, oh, man, just hand me a shovel as I, I bury myself. Um, <clears throat> you hate voice actors and podcast producers. I hate voice actors. I hate podcasts. I hate horror. You see, you see, this um, is the left hate, in America hate, these days. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, basically, I mm-hmm. I'm just going to be over here eating my avocado <laughs> toast and plotting the downfall of mankind. Um, Humankind, please. We're not sexist on this program. Oh, oh I beg your pardon. Um, this is 2020. We're woke. All my, uh, all the girls, gals, and non-binary yeah. pals out there who are plotting. Oh my on. god! Um, you know, can I just stop for a second? David and I. No. We, <laughs> David and I make an effort to say listeners instead of ladies and gentlemen. But guys, gals, and non-binary pals. That I like that. <laughs> That's better than anything Carol Baskin could come up with. <laughs> For you, yes. <laughs> May this be my legacy. Um, more so than whatever else is going to come out of my mouth, I'm sure. <laughs> As a child, one of my many bizarre fears was that, um, now turn to side B um, mm. on cassette tapes, that, that mechanical, robotic voice that would demand I do things. Um, and that li- little ding noise that's supposed to be calming and just alert you, those just terrified me um and i i can't explain why it's probably something about you know the uncanny valley or whatnot but it was uh, so all of this sort of came together as an amalgamation of my experiences at the king tut exhibit um remembering that wow that's a thing i hate uh yeah that's i really it and then i mean mark knows more about my work than you do uh, but Mark, you've you've seen how often I gravitate towards things like the twenty one gram experiment, mm-hmm. and um, that sort of uh, surface level theology. I'm I'm not going to claim that I'm a philosopher of any capacity, but I do really enjoy that kind of um, metaphysical discussion about what is the soul and what makes a human a human, um, and so it's a well I return to a lot. Mm. No, yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Ta-da. I, M is always... I'm going to talk about M like she's not here. <laughs> M is, is a writer whose work I'll always be excited to read about because her first story I read features and shadows of the Doran Anthology, available now, and <laughs> <laughs> on all evil giant company websites and then also mine. <laughs> Lovely hardback. But- you're, you're, you're evil, just maybe not giant. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> 
because you're not a giant. But M M's story, Deep, which features an anthology, blew me away, and it was one of the first ones I picked from the the part of the, the of the anthology that was open call. And I'm not going to describe to you why the story's so good because, frankly, I want you to listen to it. Not just because if you if you get uh, the book, you know, I'll get a few quid and I can. <laughs> eat but um <laughs> but because it's just a fantastic story and it really deserves to be read as it is and and to have that experience and um the wonderful thing about M's writing is that each story is really fascinating and it is almost like a fairy tale but they're so inaccessible and i'm like oh i'd love to put them on the podcast but this is fucking weird <laughs> <laughs> I believe that was actually our first conversation about this story is I had it had originally been written as a transcript so that I could say things like, you know, 30 seconds of utter silence and it wouldn't, you know, be disconcerting because no one would actually be listening to it. Um, but I had stuck in my house during plague times was thinking about ways I could, you know, get more stories out there. Um, and I asked Mark for some advice because he has shadows at the door, the podcast and, you know, we're friends. And I, I think one of you, you said you'd give me advice in three columns. One was like things that could be improved, things that you liked, and then where you thought I could submit this. And it was like, everything was great. Um, no real thoughts on improvement. I have no idea where you're going to send this. I do remember that. And I was like, oh, thanks. Helpful. <laughs> um, and then it was followed by, I think, I don't think anyone else would want this. And I'm not sure it would be it would work for Shadows at the Door, but I also don't want anyone else to touch it. It's like, oh. Wow, I sound like an abusive cool. boyfriend all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Very possessive. So, Em, you're you. trash and no one will ever love you except me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not interpret it like that. Good, because um, the way that you've just described it, I feel terrible. <laughs> I'm, no, no, sorry. Um, no, uh, then please do allow me to clarify that all of this was offered with love and support and affection as is standard for conversations with Mark. He was yeah, incredibly listeners. helpful. <laughs> and I'm not even being paid for this. Uh, he was incredibly helpful in the process of, of turning well, all this. All I get is abuse. No, oh, well. Um, well, there we go. That's, that's, that's that. Okay. I don't have any advice there. Sorry. David, are you forgetting the Q&A special where it ends with me being very teary and talking about... You being a good friend. That hasn't come out yet. Well, I suppose at time of recording, it, know, it hasn't come out yet. To the people listening now, they've heard they it. Have. And if you haven't heard it, why are you skipping the bonus episodes, bro? Yes. Because they like me more. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they've not heard of me. I do remember, though, when, um, we, when we sat down to start working on making the script, um, like, a, like a, an, audio, uh, an audio transcript, I was like... So, um, we can't have 30 seconds of silence in here. <laughs> or here. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, yes. You were, you were incredibly helpful for things like, yeah, the, the specific amount of time that I could realistically do for that uncomfortable feeling before it became... I think I said three um, seconds. Like, Yeah, I think it was three seconds before things got boring. Um, things like uh, giving sound effects, like what kind of sound effects to denote... Uh, what kind of emotions to put in like brackets to give performers something to bounce off of. I think at one point in the script, it still says like um, SFX question marks, Mark, I don't know what goes here, but I trust your expertise um, because I do. Uh, in the script for Slender Chances that I sent out to all the cast, it said Tom is killed by Slender Man. And then I wrote in brackets, good luck, Mark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> 
yeah, I, I mean, I can't quite remember what my point was anymore, but just assume it was something profound and maybe a little witty. David, let's respond as if it was. Uh, oh. Oh, classic M. <laughs> yes. We, um... <laughs> We debated just before recording how we were going to refer to M, and she was concerned that M would sound a bit James Bonder. And and every time I say it, I'm like, yes, M, your story was marvelous. I am in a swivel chair right now. I feel like I should turn slowly around and reveal that I have a cat in my lap and just start slowly stroking it. Mm-hmm. There is. Yeah. So what I what I like about this script, uh, this story, is it it just seems a bit. You know, just mundane and, and and pretentious, and then, and then if you start paying attention to the dates, you're like, wait a minute, we're in the future, and then it starts getting. But I think that the bit that really sold me, like the bit that absolutely got me, and uh, and I remember telling Hannah Butler, who wrote Loose Ground, about this script when I was approving it, and she had the exact same response to the same part. Is the, is the part when the the uh, silent protagonist is encouraged to rub out someone else's. Um, drawing to do their own, and then the and then David says, "Try not to think about that. You've just removed somebody else's. You, you did what you had to do." And I'm, I'm butchering that with my paraphrasing, but that's the bit that got me. That's when I got that that lovely shudder, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is a good story." And then obviously, if you're paying attention to it. It's, it's interesting because somebody said to me recently that they listen to a lot of No Sleep and they listen to that while they're doing anything, but for Shadows, they need to give it their full attention. I'm pretty sure that's not the knob joke bit. I'm pretty sure that's just the story. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, did I? Oh, David, did I tell you that there is a group of listeners who have admitted to me that they play bingo for our discussions? No, you have not said this. In, in fact, let me see. I hope I've still got the thing saying. Yeah. I want a card. I drew my own like shadows at the door bingo card, but that was like specifically for me. <laughs> okay, I've got it. I'm gonna okay, read I'm it gonna shame them, them here. Yeah. So, Doctor Who mentions. Yeah, we got that. We got that. The David Alt sex tape. By the way, can I just say, people, you know who you are. The people who are playing bingo. These do not count right now. Mm-hmm. So, D- David Alt sex yeah. tape. Macbeth happens. If we don't get to that one, I do feel as if Mark saying rub one out out of context <laughs> at least denotes Thanks, Sam. an X somewhere. Thanks, Sam. Uh, Macbeth happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. A pop culture quote. <laughs> and it says here in caps lock, penis. <laughs> the evil laugh. I'm not too sure what that one is referring to. It could be a one um, number, really. I know. Fuck me, there's a ghost. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry for failing you guys on that one this time. There oh, was no ghost. True. You, man was the monster all along. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, well, We've just heard it, David. Is there anyone that listens to the discussion first? Because if you do, you're living life dangerously. <laughs> um, on the edge. The last two is Alan the Death Spider. <laughs> I love that that's now a thing. Oh, I... Mark, okay, so I shared with Mark yesterday a video of the spider that now lives in the corner of my window, thankfully on the outside of the window. Um, mostly I've been making Magnus Archives references at it when it's around, but I did name it Alan this morning Aww. since I knew this was what was going to go down today. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's the perfect name. 
Um, and Alan must be busy being in someone else's podcast right now as he is not here, which always scares me more than when he is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologize for that tangent please that is good no, lay that last it. one on us sorry I'm late love I've just been at the white vault and uh, <laughs> oh and then I had to go to room 13 no uh, no the grey rooms the grey rooms <laughs> as well nice lads and lasses uh, and then the last one and David um, this one is no sleep tour which uh, I've actually banned David from talking about so right okay yeah, that that's a, a fairly a fairly concise rundown of of this. So uh, we've been shadows at the door. Thank you very much for joining us. This is a happy place. Yes, yes. This is this is a happy place. This is a happy place. Um, it's a very awkward place too. <laughs> well, I mean, one of us is in the closet, so yeah. This is true. David is quite literally in a cupboard right now, so. All of these visual jokes are not landing, and I apologize for that as well. Is there a lion or witch in that wardrobe as well? Uh, not so far as I know, but I haven't been back far enough to Hang be Hang on, if tell. there's a lot of Turkish delight back there, I am in. Oh, yes. Would you sell your family for it? When I was a kid, and I was getting feelings that I didn't understand, and I saw the BBC uh, miniseries of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and when the Ice Queen, who was pretty hot to me at that age. The White Witch. The White Witch, not the Ice Whatever. Queen. Whatever. I don't think witch. she was singing Let It Go. But I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but when she approaches this boy and she offers him a lot of Turkish delight, I remember sat there going, yeah, I would, I would, uh, <laughs> I would do that. Um, <laughs> it's the daddy or chips question, isn't it? Oh, David, stop making, daddy that's a chips. niche reference for British people, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it is a pop culture reference. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jesus Christ! I really, I'm gonna be. What happens when these this group of listeners gets bingo? I guess they stop listening. We need to we need to calm it down to get to yeah. the end of this. Okay, right. Yeah. So we need to we need to really raise the bar here. And like, okay, let's. Okay, so um, you like your philosophical debate. So, um, yeah. Uh, how about? <laughs> What is infinity? What even is infinity? Uh, it's a concept that makes me feel physically ill to think about. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I was raised Catholic, um, which explains a lot about me. <laughs> David's already nodding and we've known each other for like 40 minutes. <laughs> um, and I do remember times when, you know, my brothers and I would ask our mom, like, you know, what, what is heaven, mama? <laughs> um, I love how British this American and, family know, was. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do call my mother mum or mumsicle when I'm feeling playful or mother when I'm less pleased with her. <clears throat> um, more to the point. Uh, and, sh and she would explain, like, you know, it's like, it's the day, it's, it's a place where the best day of your life goes on forever and like you can read all the books you want and and all the movies you want. Everyone's happy and it just goes on and on. And after one day, there's another day and then another day and another day. And each day just doesn't stop. Sounds and boring. I would, in my tiny little car seat, um, well, large car seat, I was never that small, um, try to conceptualize the idea of just days without end, just never stopping, on and on. And it actually did make me feel physically sick um and and so now as as an adult who can make their own philosophical and religious 
decisions, I guess. I, I kind of go back and forth on the idea of infinity. Um, I'm not sure it's something that I would want. And even the universe is destined for a heat death. <laughs> so I don't really think infinity exists in any capacity that we can conceptualize. I am going to hard disagree. Uh for me, infinity is... I respect you <laughs> enough to let you make your own bad choices and Thank be wrong. You. But for me, infinity is, as a British person, finishing a transaction at the supermarket, and they say, thank you very much, and you say, you too. <laughs> that moment afterwards is infinity. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Didn't Winnie the Pooh say, like, how long is forever? Sometimes just a moment? Or was that a misquote from Alice in Wonderland? I don't know. Oh but... my god, that was in one of my stories. I should know that. Winnie the Pooh also said, I'm going to invite myself to your house, eat so much that I physically can't leave. And, mm. yeah, I don't know. So this is why I think there's a lot of incest was, in Winnie the Pooh. Uh, it was an Einstein quote, in fact. Oh, yeah, bring some actual class into it this It was thing. an Einstein quote where um, he said... Put your hand on a hot stove and a second will feel like a long time. Sit in the presence of a pretty girl and a second will not be long enough at all. David, how long is a second for you in front of a pretty girl? Pretty much the same as in front of quite a lot of things. <laughs> Take that I mean, as you it's will. Almost like, it's like you're saying time is relative. I, I would say time time is relative with its dimensions in space. Do we? Do you know what? Um, There's the cloister bell. <laughs> <laughs> what what frustrates me is how much. I mean, we discussed <clears throat> we discussed in the Q and A exactly how how much time goes into an episode of Shadows at the Door, and then I listen to mm. it once it's out just to bump the numbers, and <laughs> it annoys me that about you know like twelve hours of work is just dust in the wind after about 90 minutes. <laughs> you can just consume it in 90 minutes and you have no idea how much work went into it. Uh. So, Em, where do you see yourself in 10 years' time? Dead, if I'm lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky, wow. I have, I have plans to be posthumously famous. And I want no one to know about me prior to, well, like no one really to know about me prior to that time. So that when oh, yeah, they eventually thank, make... Oh yeah, thanks, thanks. No, that's no, just, you say no, what you like no. about our listeners. Wait, thank you no. very much. You are a lovely niche group and you guys are going to be the ones that, that perpetuate <laughs> this. Uh, okay, niche, so we're when trying I'm, to take over the world. When I am yeah. dead, no, okay, perfect. So all of you can be on a, in on this plan. When I am dead and like nobody else, only the cool people know about me. You need to do for me what those people did for the MR James documentary where they're like, wow, how did she come up with these ideas? I know, they must have been psychic. Mm -hmm. And then everyone will believe that I was in somehow like communion with greater powers, greater eldritch beings that bestowed upon me wisdom that the rest of the world just was not prepared for. Do you know and, what? I think I yeah. can see that documentary now. It's someone yeah. in M. Regan cosplay. Um, probably at a... How would that even look pro- like? I don't know, but probably at an anime convention. And they'll be going, M. Regan's ideas were quite outlandish, and that's why we're quite sure she was a seventh-level thetan of Scientology. <laughs> Just choked on tea. <laughs> um, why does this M. Regan cosplayer sound like a 1920s like news reporter. Um, um, no, that would be. Am Regan had spooky stories, and, <laughs> and 
they're not even trying to do a trash American accent. Come on, you dropped the ball, cosplayer. I am unimpressed. You lost me at anime convention. I'm gone. Uh huh. That's all right. It's it's a sacrifice you're mm. willing to make. Actually, <laughs> I know that your children are also into Pokemon, uh, Mark, and. Mm. Pokemon first made its way to America when I was in second grade, and I thought it was initially the stupidest thing I'd ever heard of, and I had zero interest in it at all, um, until it wasn't popular anymore, and a friend invited me over to her house for sledding and tacos, you know, quintessential American childhood moment, um, and she desperately wanted to watch the first Pokemon movie while we ate these tacos, and I was like, eh, I don't know anything about Pokemon, I'm not, I, mm. she's like, no, no, it's so cool. Okay, so basically, what these people do, these, these scientists, they murder someone, and they rip out their soul, and then they put the soul into this, like, creature that they've built from scratch, and this, and this, like, this 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 Frankensteinian monster is what all of the Pokemon are, and I was like, "Holy shit!" David's face verbatim. Right now. That's what I said at, at you know age eight. Like, oh my god, that's amazing! So I watched the first Pokemon movie, and I thought it was pretty cool. And then I went back and watched the rest of the series, and went, that, "She had no idea what the hell she was talking about. That's not what Pokemon is like." <laughs> um, but that is how I got into that. And so all that kind of dark stuff. Oh, David, I'm so sorry. You look so, you look so scared right now, and not in the. I actually way. have an excellent question um, okay. that I think our listeners will really enjoy in a deep uh, level. David, if you were a Pokemon, oh yeah, uh, like like you were a David Alt Pokemon, someone had captured you in a ball and was forcing you to cockfight. Don't laugh um, with another creature. What would your attacks be? So if I was like David, use Narrate attack. That he would just talk about what he was doing if it was a narrate attack. It would need to be something like throwing the microphone at people or screaming so loudly. Dry humor. Thought it was going to be dry hump. Use inappropriate flirting. I feel like dry humor would go well against a uh, water Pokemon. (laughs) David, use shameless flirt. So, David, you would have dry humor, dry hump. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Dry humor, inappropriate flirting, but I would not go as far as the, uh, some sort of kissy attack. I mean, that's um, just rude. I, th- I think there are people that would pay for this, David. British charm? Ooh. <laughs> Does that work? Okay, David, use British charm attack right now on me. I'm ready. Go. <laughs> British charm wouldn't really work on you, Mark, because it, in many ways you're you're slightly more British than I am. I mean, in terms of reserved awkwardness and things like that. The great British British off. Em, do you want to volunteer to be attacked or <laughs> to be charmed? With British to be attacked by All British right, charm. Do your worst, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know whether to play awkward music or just leave the silence. <laughs> give, give me the. Seconds of awkward silence that I uh, originally demanded in my transcript. Perfect. No, do you know what I'm going to use? Arctic wind <laughs> sound effects. <laughs> That's that is appropriate. I say, madam, it is most lovely to see you. Could you uh, possibly uh, give me a hand over here because I I do appear to have lost my way. I, I, and I'm I'm going to be able to to do another cross on the bingo card because the number of times on the no sleep tour that i was sent into attack with british charm (laughs) 
to was it to, super effective it was super effective it really was it was the I say, uh, would you mind awfully? Um, I do appear to have uh, uh, lost the way to the to the front door. Could you could you possibly show me where that is, or could you show me which way uh, which way to the um, to the supermarket? Oh, I, I, I'm terribly sorry. To the, to the store. Could you, could you show me which which way that is, please? Um, and just going into bat with that. Um, how charmed are you feeling right now? Oh, um, hmm. I'm probably a poor person to ask to gauge such things. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be difficult if David and I ever get successful enough to do a Shadows of the Door tour because David is just so good um, with you know with with interacting with with just nice people and with listeners and with fans. I've seen him you know use Charm Attack; it's very good. The problem I'm going to have, and I found this the other day. Uh, you know, now people do speak to me in person and tell me about not so much now, but about the show and how much they like it and. On Twitter and Facebook, I can just use the same GIF of David Mitchell going, oh, you, and send that. And I can't do that in person. What I might just do is have it on my phone and just show it. I did have a week at my other job that, you know, makes me a living wage, sort of, um, of people being just so incredibly nice and complimentary. And what do you do with that? I felt like I left every interaction kind of wanting to scratch my face off because... I was so flattered and had no way to express that like a human would. It, it um, is. It's David. How can how can two awkward people be yeah. like you and completely <laughs> consume? Teach praise? us your ways. <laughs> um, I feel like you're, you're. I mean, I'm teasing, but I feel like you're probably quite a healthy person for this. So <laughs> it's. I, I think what what I would probably say to that is that. When we went to that that very first Houston show, uh, we had no idea on the No Sleep tour. Yes, this is No Sleep tour. I'm sorry. Um, can you ask David Cummings if I can use a beat of his theme tune just <laughs> for the for the sound? But, each time but that very first references. Houston show, we had no idea who was going to turn up and whether anyone was going to want to meet us. And and on the No Sleep tour, we were just floored by everyone who um came and said how much no sleep meant to them and and how they enjoyed the show etc etc and um we've never really lost that wonder that people actually still want to come along and talk to us and we also have we are very sure and certain in the knowledge that we would not be there without everyone else listening, supporting us, and being so utterly wonderful. Uh, there wouldn't be a tour, there wouldn't be a show, there wouldn't be a podcast. Just like for us, Mark, with Shadows at the Door, there, there wouldn't be the podcast without the kind of support that we've had from the listeners. And so we are, we are as grateful to them, if not more, than they are to us. And I think that is how you 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 meet it. It's with the same gratitude to them as they have to a, to to you. Oh, I I admit a common thing that I'll use. Sorry, is um, if someone says thank you for making the show, I'll say thank you for mm-hmm. listening, and I do mean yes, that. That's not just absolutely. me being trite, you know. So um, sorry, I, I was just going to say. Alternatively, you can get yourself a uh, clip of what. David was just saying there and have that cued on your phone. And every time <laughs> someone comes up to you, you can just play that and look sincere as you do so, then run. 
I remember I once went to a book signing of uh, Robert Webb, and he'd written this phenomenal book on masculinity, which was it was like part autobiography about masculinity, and and I went to get my copy signed, and and I know they get these all the time, and I just went, oh, thank you so much for writing that. And he went, mm, yeah, thank you for reading it. Now, the problem <laughs> is Robert Webb is a wonderful man, but his character in his long-standing sitcom Peep Show, whenever he uses that voice, that was when the character was being completely dishonest. <laughs> completely so insincere. it was very hard not to hear this voice and go, he's taking the piss. <laughs> That's where benefit of the doubt comes in, I think. Just yeah, assuming yeah. that everyone has good attentions. Mm-hmm. Intentions. I yeah. think I said good intentions think- there. You did, you did. The but, coffee's uh, <laughs> not kicked in yet. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that is what I would suggest uh, saying to listeners. But I think what we need to say now is a huge thank you to M. Regan for writing that story. Phenomenal um, is there story. anything that you would like to plug at this point? Uh, well, Where can we find you online? You can find me online at M. Regan Fiction on Twitter and on Facebook. Please come say hi to me. I am very shy, but always delighted to see new people there uh i was you've done some trout and fan art uh, haven't you as well i did i drew some trout and fan art um i (laughs) i am i'm on a one person quest to like do some sort of magnus archive shadows of the door crossover (laughs) i feel like you guys should love that talk to rusty quill about that that. (laughs) man i oh Didn't Magnus just finish, though, no. or are they finishing Magnus now? Archives is in its final season, and um, it is the light of my life when Shadows at the Door is not available on my podcast feed. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, well uh, I did recently have a... Thank you. Thank you. And it was so It smooth. was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I did recently have a story featured on Tales to Terrify, uh, episode 451, I believe, if you're interested in hearing any other piece of work from me uh, that's freely available. <laughs> this is a podcast. That is a podcast, yes. Uh, it mm-hmm. is right now my twin, uh, twinned, what? <laughs> nope. My pinned tweet. <laughs> Words. Uh, so you can find that easily and give them some love if you have the time. Uh, and I'll be featured in a couple of other anthologies coming out later this year. Uh, so if you're following me on any of those feeds, you'll see me talk about that. Woohoo! Um, what's your favorite anthology that you've ever Oh, seen? man, that's not a loaded question at all. <laughs> but it was <laughs> definitely Shadows at the Door, which if you haven't read it, man, what are you doing with your life? Mark, is she using the um, sincere voice at the moment? No, very much not. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> uh, no, truly, Shadows at the Door was one of the first, I think it was the the third anthology that I was accepted in in the entirety of my professional writing career. So it holds a third place, wow. place in my heart. Third place. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> No. First the worst, second the best, third the one with the hairy chest. The coveted bronze medal. <laughs> I think it's the one with the treasure chest. Oh well, which, that, there's a I mean, there's a cultural difference between the US guys, and the, the UK. I well, I feel like we're winning. Don't you want a treasure chest? Well, well, well it depends gems. who the hairy chest is on, really. Um, again, okay, not the one to judge that. <laughs> You're just going to broadcast your type out there, David. <laughs> 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 um, 
no, sincerely, Shadows at the Door Anthology is awesome. And I also feel like, you know, you've got this podcast listening group here. They would really enjoy the Audible version that has music and everything. It, it's yeah, such an experience. to be honest, um, I, I've never really mentioned yeah. that. <laughs> We're near the end of the second season. <laughs> so the, the audiobook is Maybe narrated by, should. it's produced by Nine Story Studios. So that's Daniel Foytek who you may recognize his name as being the producer of The Wicked Library and Victoria's Lift. And it, he, it's also narrated um, by Cynthia Lohman, who who's, uh, often works with Daniel. And there was a complete custom score by Cathedral Sounds. Um, this was before I met David and Nico, so you can get a little bit of a, of a, of a look at what Shadows of the Door looked like before it was now. That audiobook, and I think I've mentioned this, is the reason why the podcast exists, because it it became one of the most popular formats of that anthology, and it is available on Audible. And, you know, buying an Audible is a really good way to support the show um, as well. So please do do that, especially if you sign up to Audible and that's your first book. That's, like, decent. Um, but, yeah, that's, I would definitely suggest that. Help me live. <laughs> I would also suggest we help Mark live. Uh, it's it's great fun. Um, and you can support Mark and hear one of my stories, which after this, why wouldn't you want to hear more from me? I feel like I've really sold myself. No, no, no. I like this. I, can, yeah, I feel like you're pushing the boulder of confidence up a hill and you've just reached the top. And I just need you to push I, it a little bit more. My toes are getting squashed. It's... Come on, Rolling say it, on say me. it. You're a good writer, uh, say it. Say, I am confident about few things in my life, but writing is one of the things that I'll I take think it. I do pretty good at. <laughs> Shadows of the Door, we're also Thank here you. to help people on emotional uh, journeys throughout their lives. Um, yeah. <laughs> And so everyone who has contributed to the Kofi, thank you ever so much. Um, and of course, uh, thank you to everyone involved with this podcast. M, again, thank you for writing and for coming on this weird discussion. Eight hours behind us. Um, we've, we've got you out of bed early in the morning, but uh, there we go. Thank you very much. It gave me a reason to wake up. Hooray! And I appreciate Hooray! It. 2020 needs all of the Yay. all the reasons. That sounds to get really up dark. Emma, you okay? Do you, do you... <laughs> Eventually, the caffeine will kick in, and, um, and life will see. You know, my DMs are open if you need to speak to me. <laughs> well, join us in two weeks' time, everyone, for more reasons to get up and out of bed in the morning, for more reasons to live. We shall see you all very soon. You've been listening to a Shadows at the Door production. Story by M. Regan. Performances by David Alt and Ilana Charnel Gelbart. Annihilation in A minor by Nico Vitesi. Production by Mark Nixon. Production copyright Shadows at the Door Publishing. Story copyright of the author. If you have enjoyed this production, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll see you very soon. An adult version of Doctor Who, and it was basic, and it was all set in Wales. So it was basically like, oh no, there's an alien in Cardiff. Like, oh no, Jack, the alien will only go if you give it an orgasm.
In a world saturated with glossy facades comes a podcast that's breaking barriers. This is Reppin. It's where we do a deep dive into subjects like belonging, to mental health, to courage, and more. On Reppin, you'll meet the faces you think you know and discover their untold stories. It's real. It's intimate. And it gives you insight into the real person behind the images. In a world of pretense, Reppin strips it all down. No filters, no facades. Learn and be empowered and find inspiration through thought-provoking stories that resonate with your journey. Every episode is an exploration into the truths and values that make us who we are. Representation, it's not just about race or gender. It's about you. Reppin ensures that every voice is heard. Every story is valued. So be seen, be heard, and be represented. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts.